0: Are you sick of being told that you need to become a boss babe building her empire? Is your preferred state actually vegetative in front of some reality TV? Do celebrities mean more to you than your actual family? If so, we're your gals. I'm Lauren. I'm Chandler. And we are the Pop Apologists. We're two sisters who every Wednesday catch up on the most important things in life like reality TV, celebrity gossip, and our shared love of not working hard, but working soft. Or not at all. Listen along as we divulge the hottest takes we can give without getting canceled. Like the oppressive societal norm that in addition to paying my bills, I need to have impressive hobbies. Or the fact that every single holiday on Instagram has been ruined by shameless thirst traps. Or that the fastest way to really know a man is to look at his explore page. Tune in every Wednesday to our pod, Pop Apologists. Pop Apologists, wherever podcasts are found. Welcome to the Danes Who Dish
1: podcast. Hi, this is our special edition of the Dames Who Dish podcast, talking about our other shows that we watch, because we watch everything. We are watching all streaming networks, HBO Max, Hulu, Netflix, anything else? You name it, and we're we're on it. We have a special guest today who has been a supporter literally from day one. You were one of our three listeners in the beginning, maybe four (laughs) listeners, but you actually listened... (laughs) my niece,
2: Bridget. Welcome hey, back Bridget. to the show. Ah, thank you, Dames, for having me. I, it's it's great to be back. Definitely. <laughs> I feel um, very honored that after some of your bigger podcasting guests that you want to have. me. We back. came back to so the slums so to pick you up. And <laughs> have slu- you <laughs> yes, exactly. You're slumming it. You're your, just uh... as
3: big as they are, Bridget. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know, I love you both. And I listen to every episode. Literally, I've been listening since day one. And I'm always, I think I, I text you all the time, and that I'm like laughing and talking back to the podcast. and Yelling. Um, Fantastic. So, Our one yes, loyal yeah.
1: listener. <laughs> <laughs> we can always count on you oh, for that you five-star review. Yes. Yes. <laughs>
2: Always, always and
1: forever. (laughs) Well, you are a mother of two young children and you work full time. Yes.
2: So I
1: I know it's hard for you to get shows in, but somehow you do. And we appreciate that. (sighs) Let's talk about one of your favorite shows that you kept telling me, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. And I fought you on it because I didn't have Apple streaming services. And I finally got a free 30 day and I totally fell in love with this show. This is your top show, I think.
2: I think so right now. So it's Ted Lasso, like you said, on Apple TV. Um, It's at first glance a soccer show. So I'm not a big soccer fan or football, um, as they say in the UK. But I kept hearing good things and hearing good things. And so finally, my husband and I dove in one night. And to say I am obsessed with this show is a little bit of an understatement. So the show is essentially, I feel like the plot is, is very simple in its premise. It's A football team in the UK whose owner is a bitter divorcee who's trying to screw over her ex husband by hiring a very successful but not soccer coach, (laughs) uh, Ted Lasso, who was a very successful football, football, college football coach, I think he was, um, in the States, in the hopes that he will kind of bring down the football club which was the one thing that the ex-husband truly loved most in his life and in the process she kind of you know falls in love with who Ted is and and the football club itself and I think overall it's such a sweet sweet show like every episode I'm loving and laughing and it makes me feel really upbeat and it kind of I don't know. It sounds really cheesy, but it kind of like fills my heart a little bit. Like I just always feel really happy when I finish watching an episode of Ted. Even the one episode when Coach Beard like was getting beat up and I was like, no, it's happening to him. And then at the end of the episode when he was dancing in the club, I was like, there, there you go, Ted, <laughs> making me happy again.
1: I felt the same way. I absolutely loved it. The one critique I have, and it's really just from episode one, is that I couldn't believe that this successful football coach from the States had zero knowledge of soccer in the UK. I just couldn't buy that he knew zero, but I I got past that very quickly. I didn't think that. I think it's so well cast too.
3: I mean,
2: every
1: single person
3: on that cast is a perfect fit.
2: I completely agree. Well, and I've loved like digging into like fun facts about the show too. And like recently discovered that Roy Kent, who won one of the Emmys, who sounds nothing like his character in real life
4: he the deep, was a, slow, yes, that's God. not
2: his voice at all which is kind of intriguing too but he was originally a writer on the show and was never even cast to be in it and then as they were writing roy kent he kind of felt like this is me like i could do this and he sent a video in to his fellow writers and producers and stuff and said if you basically like if you love it great and if you think it's shit we're never going to talk about it again and he became Roy Kent so I just love hearing all of those like little behind the scenes stories and he's of so course, fucking
1: like, hot <laughs> he's, he's so very... bitter and angry and fantastic at the same time <laughs> it's sexy and sexy oh. you
2: and I do like his kind of hairy masculinity. Oh, for sure. Yes.
3: Hairy masculinity.
2: I don't have a problem with hair. <laughs> Especially in Roy Kent. He embraces exactly. himself. And I think what's so great about his character too is he comes across so hard, but then he has these obviously incredibly tender moments. Like one of my favorite standouts is on the Christmas episode when his niece has like the horrible halitosis I laughed
1: so hard that was
3: (laughs) so funny and
2: he's like nope not happening he like takes her around to all of his neighbors until they found a dentist like I just you know I love that he has this niece that he's so involved with because it just helps kind of soften him a little bit and show that he's not this hard footballer that comes across all the time and yeah I think all of the characters are absolutely amazing coach beard is amazing subtle quips and like all of his isms he's always reading a book (laughs) um like I just he's got this intelligence that's Kind of, you can't really figure it out. Like, what's, re- like, cause then he's got this girlfriend that you're Like, eh, it's probably not the healthiest of relationships. <laughs> but but they're making it work, I guess. I
1: wasn't sure <laughs> I would like Keely. I thought, is she gonna annoy me? But
2: I really liked no, her. No,
1: she's good. Yeah.
2: I almost wonder if she started out as um, more of kind of like a tertiary character and then they like built her up more. Cause it didn't really feel like she was initially supposed to be kind of as big of a character like working with so closely with the owner and then becoming such close friends and you know it kind of felt like in the beginning she was just going to be jamie tarts girlfriend and then it almost feels like they created this character kind of a little bit more
3: yeah in the to- first season she didn't have as big a role as she did in the second season. I think for so. Sure. I mean, yeah. she was
2: she was always there, but yeah, I, I, but I love her character. She's very sweet and fun as well. So yeah, and I did my own little like pilgrimage to Richmond. I, my sister um, lives in London right now. And so um, my other sister and I went to visit her. And my one thing that I like had to do was go to Richmond to see some of the locales um, of Ted Lasso, specifically like that little area where he lives that you always see him walking out of his apartment on those cute little alleys and then the bench that he always sits on right next to the phone booth and the pub that they always go to with the three guys who are always hassling him and asking him all the questions with May, the adorable old lady bartender. and So yeah, I went out by myself. My sisters were like, now we're good. So I <laughs> <laughs> They're not diehard. So I jumped on the train and went out there and saw that. Is and, it as cute in person? Uh, it's super, super, super cute. And it was, I mean, I literally like stumbled upon it. Like I had no idea where I was going. And um, I just kind of started walking and I ended up walking down an alley. I was like, oh, this kind of looks like it's Teddish. <laughs> and then I literally, <laughs> I mean, shockingly, they don't have signs that say like, Ted, Ted Lasso, Lasso Street. Street or like the <laughs> Ted Lasso tour, uh, we like turned a corner and I was like the bench, and then I saw the the pub and um of course it wasn't open. I was there in the morning, so I couldn't like go in and grab a pint and truly feel like Ted. But um but yeah, it was really fun and I think it's just such a a great show and I hope I totally hope everybody agree. watches it. I don't <laughs> want to
1: spoil anything. The end of season two. I was shocked. I wasn't expecting that.
2: I was not expecting it either. No. And I kind of wanted to, comments that were made in that final episode kind of make me want to go back and rewatch season two with a different lens because comments were made and I was like, oh, I don't know if I picked up on that entirely. It, they, um, they were
1: feeding it to us slowly. And then, yeah. when it, but even then, when <laughs> I saw it happening, I was like, oh, I was still shocked. Like you said, they kind of hinted at certain things, but it's so good. So let's rate, let's rate from one to 10, these shows, what would you give Ted Lasso?
2: I mean, I'd probably give it a 10, but it probably, yeah, like a nine or a 10. I think it's absolutely wonderful. I think it's such a heartwarming show. It's such a feel good show. And then I think it also tackles kind of like quote unquote, real issues, like with his anxiety and and therapy and things like that in a really human kind of understandable way. So yeah, I think it's, um, and it's funny. And yeah, I would give it a 10. But I'm probably being too generous.
3: I would say a nine. I mean, a 10 It's hard to give any show a 10, really. Oh, Gina, you're right. You know, but a 9, a strong
1: 9. You know, I was the only one with a critique, and I say a 10. Yeah, I think this show has everything, and I can't imagine somebody not enjoying it. So I would just give it a 10. I just have to. I think that that's the bar. A show for me to give it a 10 means I can recommend this show to anybody to watch, and I think they would enjoy it. So I give it a yeah. Joke. I can't imagine somebody not enjoying it. I um, completely Gina, agree. Let's. I think we spent we did Ted Lasso first because we were going to spend the most time on it because it's kind of the most enjoyable of all yes. the shows.
3: Are you saying the rest of them aren't? Well, I mean, I
1: think <laughs> I think I don't know if I give any of these other shows a ten. But you go ahead. You pick one of your shows. All right, I'm going to pick Clickbait. Mm, Clickbait yeah. is mm.
3: um, eight episodes. It's on Netflix. So this is a, a show. Adrian Grenier, who I love from Entourage. Oh, he
1: looks. Fantastic.
3: Yeah, he hasn't changed at all. Oh, I think
1: he almost looks better than he did in
3: Entourage. I think so too. I he's like so anti.
2: Too. He's a he's Benjamin Buttoning. Yeah. I think so.
3: So this video surfaces of his character Nick Brewer, who is seemingly like a perfect father, a perfect husband, and the video is of him being held hostage, and he's holding up these series of signs. One says that he abuses women. The other one says if the video gets five million views he'll die. So the whole series is about him, or I'm sorry, about his sister and his wife trying to find him before the video goes viral. And there's lots of twists and turns. It's just, it's really, really good. And I it, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it or not, but I love mm-hmm. a show with a lot of twists and turns when you think it's one thing and then it turns out to be something else or you think it's one person and it turns out to be something else. So you have to watch it to find out. I don't wanna spoil it. No, it's a show that
1: you really don't want to talk too much about you because can't. It, I do feel that this was one that we always try to figure it out, obviously. I mean everybody tries to figure I out. I thought I had it figured right, out. I knew you did I and I, I kept had it saying, figured out. Yeah, okay. You you go that route. <laughs> but it's never the obvious. No. But it points to so many different characters and it really could have been so many different people. I thought it had a little bit of everything. Yeah. It did bother me that the sister wore the same fucking outfit. Every single day.
3: Well, I mean, Adrian <laughs> Grenier was great. I think some of the other actors, maybe not so much. And that's the issue that I had with the show, is the acting. The mm-hmm. wife, I didn't think, was a great actress. The sister overacted, in my opinion. So o- only because of that, um, I give it a 7
1: out of 10. Oh, seven. 7. Yeah. Okay.
3: The story and plotline were probably a 9, mm-hmm. but the acting brought it down. To a seven for me.
1: I, I gave it an eight. I'm a high ranker, I've I realized. I am. Who's the guy in Dancing with the Stars that gives the <laughs> Bruno? high? Bruno? I'm Bruno. <laughs> and I'm very critical. <laughs> but I gave it an eight. I think it had a little bit of everything.
3: There were a couple also, a couple scenes that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Well, now yeah.
1: I, now I might give it a 7.5 out of 10.
3: Like there was a missing I like, link, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. in a couple scenes. Mm-hmm.
2: The sister was screaming a little too much um, Deb from Dexter for me. Oh. I found sh- I found her to be one of the most annoying characters on television. I loved Dexter, but Deb was always just like so greeting. And the sister was kind of giving me a little bit. I agree, Gina. Like There was a certain level of sister wanting to find her brother, but then it felt like she just took it. Way too far. I was like, "Oh my god, I would be so annoyed if this was actually real life, and you were hassling the police all the time." Yeah. yeah. And then they, you know, and then they, of course, always, you know, it's like they're getting in the way of the investigation and they're kind of hindering things and that kind of stuff. Because I am the same as you guys. Like, I love a whodunit. I love a. it, It seems like it's this person, and then it's not, and you're always trying to figure out. They're keeping you on your toes. But I also get very easily annoyed and frustrated when things are impeded because of, like, stupidity. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, that bothers you? That, bo- I, that doesn't bother me. Like, I, it probably shouldn't in shows because it isn't real life. But it just, I'm always like, oh, like, if you would have just, like, not hassled him about this, that they would have been able to find this or Whatever it might be. So I'd probably, I'm, I think I'm with you, Gina. I, get, I would give it a seven as well.
1: Ooh, there
2: you go. What's Clickbait no. on?
1: Is it on? It's on Netflix. Netflix. Okay.
2: I'm and gonna, are they doing yeah. another season of that one? Ooh, I don't know. They no.
1: could do a whole different Clickbait. I thought I heard that like they were. Like season yeah. two with a whole different premise. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I thought I
2: heard to. that they were going to do another season. So I guess we'll have to stay oh. tuned. I'm going to go to one
1: that, it, it was from a while ago, but I think it's definitely worth mentioning, is The White Lotus. And that's on HBO Max. It's a, I'm kind of reading what they give us because I couldn't figure out how to explain this myself. So it went on and I'm like, let's see how they explain it. It's a social satire following the exploits of various employees and guests at an exclusive Hawaiian resort over a one week period. I really liked the show. It's six episodes. It gives us a lot of different things, different feelings. It's dark. It's funny. It's very complex. There's characters you love, characters you hate, characters you love to hate. But that's the whole premise of the entire thing. It's you get a little bit of every person in society, what their thoughts and feelings are, what their social...
2: Socioeconomic background, right, right, and, yeah,
3: and kind, kind of, of their focuses, expectations. Uh, it focuses a lot on that,
1: and that's the yes. whole—that's the whole idea of it—is to feel something when you're watching. That's the whole premise of it. Um, it has a great cast of characters too: Connie Britton, Jennifer Coolidge, Steve Zahn, and I never heard of Murray Bartlett, but he's Armand, and he was just he was fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, he was
2: fantastic. Yeah, he did an amazing job. I think it's very different. I
1: I always go by what I recommend this to people. And I only mm-hmm. feel that I don't know how high I would recommend it to everybody. So I gave it like a 7.5 out of 10 only for recommendation purposes. I think it's such a fantastic show. Well, not everybody has loved it. It's
2: kind of gotten right. mixed
1: reviews. So it just
2: depends. Yeah. I would probably give it an 8 kind of along the same lines as you, Anne. Um, I think it is a hard one because I've recommended it to people or I've talked to other people who have watched it and they say like, I keep waiting for something to happen. And I'm like, the whole show is what's happening. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> it's, I mean, yes, there is this buildup of, you know, something happens in that very first episode, but you're not quite sure what or who it happens to. And so there of course is always that underlying buildup of you're trying to figure out who and what is happening But I think the whole show in general is exactly how it's described. It's a social satire. And I personally, being that I love to like observe, I loved it for that reason. Because I loved kind of seeing all of these different personalities, social dynamics, socioeconomic statuses kind of interacting and, and feeling entitled or pissed off or You know, whatever it might be. So I would give it an eight, but I I would probably have rated it higher if I could, like you said, recommend it to other people as readily as Ted.
1: I really did enjoy it. I actually enjoy it more now after I've watched it and I'm thinking about it. I I just keep thinking about it and I'm like, that's a good show.
3: Well, it kind of takes a minute to settle in and, you know, to kind of like absorb everything that's going on. Yeah,
1: I think so, too.
2: And it's, if anything, yeah. watch it for Jennifer Coolidge. Yes. Yes. She's <laughs> fantastic.
1: I mean, if you like Jennifer Coolidge, this is her in all her glory. She's
2: yeah, amazing. <laughs> Sorry, Bridget,
1: what's your next show?
2: Um, I think my one of my other ones was Love on the Spectrum season two in particular. And so this is um, a reality series on Netflix and it, it was season two. So it kind of picks up where season one left off. And it follows the aspiring love lives of uh, young adults. I think they're all pretty young, um, who are um, on the spectrum, various degrees, Um, although most of them do seem pretty high functioning. It would probably be difficult if they weren't. But yeah, uh, and it just kind of is, it's a dating show where we follow different young adults who are on the spectrum and uh, their quest to find love it's uh based in australia so everybody has i love accents so everybody has these wonderful australian (laughs) accents um and we meet some really fun characters or people i should say um michael in particular a carryover from season one who i am just so rooting for like i don't think i want anybody to find love more (laughs) than michael like that's all he wants in life and he's just, he wants a princess. He wants a queen. He wants to do, to waltz and in to public. dress for, in public <laughs> and to, and to dress formally and bring his data corsage. I mean, he is just the sweetest guy. But then of course, I think what's so refreshing, it's funny. I think you had talked about this last time you talked about the show on your podcast, because yes, I do listen to every episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> that you laugh and you kind of almost feel bad for laughing, but you're not really laughing at them. I think what you're laughing at is because they are on the spectrum. And so they have a lot of different like social cues and social norms that they don't adhere to. They kind of just say anything.
1: They're so honest.
2: And they're so honest. And they're so blunt. And sometimes you can't help but laugh at what has come out of their mouth. Like when Michael went speed dating and his first choice was this one woman, but she didn't pick him. But then the other woman that he had picked picked him as well. And the way he phrased it was like, she kind of sounded like a consolation prize, but he didn't mean it that way at all. No, but, but he said, I think he <laughs> said, I his-
1: would have rather have this person, but this yes. person is the only one that chose me. So yes. I will go out with her.
2: <laughs> yes. And even his mom, as she was standing there, she kind of looks at the camera and she starts laughing and she's like, well, Michael, I don't think we would really say it like that. Like, (laughs) but you know, so I think there's just something so endearing about their honesty and, you know, their feelings are all very real. And I think it's also just a really great kind of um, look at people who do have autism and like, hey, they're not These, you know, people who can't live normal lives. They want
1: the same things um, that everybody wants. Yeah, I
2: I think there is such a stigma around it. And I think, you know, people kind of look at differences as differences and don't necessarily give it like a real second look or kind of a deeper look. And so I love that this is kind of looking into their world a little bit and... I love um, the
1: dynamics uh, <laughs> of them with their families. We get to, a lot yeah. of them live at home with their families. There's a carryover of a couple characters from season one. So I think you watch season one and then, yes, then you follow a few of them into season two. But there's a new gentleman that we meet in season two, Ronan, who, yes, finds love with another girl, Katie. And their love story, the two of them, the way they talk about romance, it oh, is so sweet. I wish that. I could still feel that way, you know, after all these years. It's
2: it was oh, 100%. Love they the
1: love show. every
2: stereotypical thing about romance, the flowers, the you know, they would show up somewhere. Is this romantic for you? Is yeah. this this is, is very this, is this romantic. <laughs> yes. Like <laughs> I just, oh yes, it is. It's so romantic. Like it just like it melts my heart because they're so into it and they're yeah. so I also love how self aware they are. And I think applauding their families for really helping them make, like we are different than the norm and this is what we have. And this is what makes us different. Like all of them, you know, all of them know that they're autistic and they know that they have things that make them a little bit different from the average. And um, I think that's also really amazing as well. They're not like kind of living in this fantasy world of like, why is everybody treating me differently?
3: Their families are super supportive
2: Yes, and they, all the families play
3: a big part in yeah. this in this series.
2: I also love the dating coach. Yeah, I forgot oh, like, Yeah, the she's therapist, great. The yeah. therapist lady who comes in, I think she's amazing and mm-hmm. wonderful and so warm and caring. It's I like,
1: love this show. What would you give it? I
2: love it too. I would probably, I would probably give it a ten. <laughs> I, I think
1: I would, too. I, how can you not
2: give yeah. Love on the Spectrum a
3: 10? Well, I totally I mean, again, agree. And because it's real, it's yeah. not like a, it's not put on. It's not like a fake reality yeah. show. It's it's just and even genuine.
2: It is. And even when their relationships don't work out, you don't feel totally sad because they're not totally sad no, about it. They're, they're just like, they're just like, okay, on to the next. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, there's so you know, much I could so, say about Michael. Could yeah, have his Michael. own show.
2: Oh, 100%. because the
1: dynamics with him and his family, in particular, they think he's so funny. That's why we. Yes. That's why we can laugh because they laugh at what he says because it's yeah. really is
2: funny. He really is funny. Exactly. He is a funny, I think he is funny with, I mean, he probably isn't always intending to be funny, but he genuinely is funny. I also loved the wedding of the couple from last season. Yeah, that was sweet. Yeah,
3: that was cute. The wedding
2: was very sweet. I loved their vows to each other and I just thought it was so heartfelt and yeah, so I would definitely recommend.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Bridget, before we go on, can you take off your scarf? I think it's rubbing a little bit. Can you take off your, can you take off your shirt too? better is that better i think so because i think the microphone part was there's a little bit of scratching okay gina what which show do you have next
3: okay the next one i have is murders only
1: murders in the building
3: and this one is on hulu it's 10 episodes it's a comedy slash mystery and this one's very close to my heart because (laughs) the series follows three strangers played by steve martin who i love selena gomez who i love and martin short like who doesn't love this cast they're hilarious so good and they all share an obsession with a true crime podcast which we love a good true crime podcast as well so there's this murder in their upper west side apartment building and the three neighbors decide to start their own podcast that covers the investigation of the murder so there's, again, a lot of twists and turns. And Martin Short and Steve Martin, are of course, they're perfect for this role. <laughs> they're like best friends in real, real
2: life. life. Yeah. I think so, yeah. They've
1: been doing this, the talk show circuit together and, and apart.
2: Yes. And they can't
1: stop talking about each other. It's really yeah, funny. Yeah, they're, they're really, really close.
3: And then Selena Gomez is a good addition to this cast, too. And she would I be agree. like an unlikely actress that I, you know, I wouldn't yeah, really
1: pair her. She's also one of the executive producers as well. As the two yes, of them. I so I thought that, that was an yes. interesting dynamic. Yeah.
3: So this is a really fun mystery with a great cast. I mean, they're totally likable characters. Apparently we missed an episode. <laughs> so I don't... I, yeah. I don't
1: a, a real important one. Now, we, me and Dan are watching it together. So I'm not caught up. I think we're six or seven in. And I think, Bridget, you just said... You're about six episodes. I just in. binged
2: six episodes. Yeah. Yesterday.
1: I think it's an easy binger. It's only what thirty minutes. It's only each thirty show. minutes. Yeah, yeah, they're short, yeah. so you can watch two so in a row. I only
2: watched three episodes. I only watched three hours, yeah, and it's going to not, be that's
3: nothing. Yeah, that's that's a
1: <laughs> drop in the bucket. Yeah, one of the episodes we were talking about last night. And um, Dan was saying something about, oh, I love the part, blah, blah, blah. And Troy goes, what are you talking about?
3: We didn't see that. And
1: they're like way further along than we are. We finished it. Oh, you finished (laughs) it? And and it's a pretty important episode. I think it's either seven or eight. I'm not sure which one it is, but it's really important. And they never saw it. So it's so funny. No, we were having issues
3: with Hulu where episodes weren't loading. Same with Nine Perfect Strangers. The episodes weren't loading. So we completely missed it for whatever reason, so now I've got to go back today and
1: watch it. <laughs> That's funny.
3: But anyway, it's a totally fun mystery. It's a great cast. Everybody's likable. I highly recommend it. It's a really good plot. I'm gonna give it eight uh-huh.
1: out of ten. Eight you're God, you're a hard one. Yeah. Eight you I, are. I actually would agree with eight out of ten. But but you the way you like promote it, I would think you would give it <laughs> at least a nine out of ten. <laughs> no, nah, I am kinda hard. I also would give it an eight out of ten.
2: <laughs> well, I'm going to trump both of you, and I'm going to give it a nine. Oh. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. I mean, and maybe it helps that I'm watching them because I'm, I'm yeah, literally yeah. binging it. Um, we'll see yeah, if I, I would have, have seen nine. that
1: missing episode. I might have given it a nine. <laughs> <laughs> I think binging it would be better. Yeah, it's yeah. been fun. I always kind of forget, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> who's that? Yeah, so yeah. so right. I, I don't know if my, if my rating is accurate, but... Right. I still would do an eight out of ten.
3: You got to stand by that rating, yeah. I know I'm doing it. Yeah, stand by
1: it. So you mentioned it, so I want to talk about Nine Perfect Strangers, also on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Your journey to wellness begins now. If you want to get well, you must surrender, and surrender these people did. Whew! Yeah, I loved this show. I didn't love Nicole Kidman as her character, but it was also a book, so I'll give it a little leeway. That I don't know. Uh, what the book's total premise was. But this kind of had a little bit of everything for me. It was wild. I didn't know where it was going. I loved the cast of characters. Some of the main people in it, Nicole Kidman, like I mentioned, Melissa McCarthy, I thought she was great. Bobby Cannavale, I fell in love with him on the show. Mm -hmm. Regina Hall, I didn't even realize it was her. I really enjoyed this show. No?
2: Did? Crickets, crickets? I really enjoyed it as well. I think... um... I think I was kind of expecting as it kept going, I was kind of waiting for that thing, kind of how people were maybe waiting for it in White Lotus. I kind of was expecting the culmination or just the whole reason that they were there. I thought I was kind of expecting something a little bit more, I don't know, sinister or just a little bit darker. And I didn't hate how it ended. I think I had just mentally like built up something else in my head. So then... (laughs) When the show finally ended, I was like, okay, I'm not unhappy with that, but I kind of had thought something bigger was. They were all there for, I don't know, I was kind of waiting for them to all be like connected somehow.
1: Yeah, I I do agree with
2: that. I mean, and some of them were connected, but like, I just, yeah, I just was waiting for for something else, but I overall really enjoyed it. And I think the, the actors did an amazing job with their characters and that setting was absolutely beautiful. I looked up where it was, they filmed it in Australia somewhere and it was absolutely gorgeous. I hope it's an actual, actual real place that you could go to because
1: I would totally go Actually, you reminded on me. On a
2: wellness retreat. Yeah.
1: When me and Gina were on Watch What Happens Live, Melissa McCarthy was on. And she was in Australia filming oh. this at that time. Oh,
3: yeah.
1: So we are we awesome. are connected to it.
3: I, um, you know, it was entertaining, but I didn't love it. Ooh. I did not like Nicole Kidman's character. She had a horrible wig, number
1: one. I didn't think that was a wig. I know I think people are talking about it, but.
2: Isn't that her hair?
1: Mm, I don't know. It was a bad wig. If it wasn't
2: a wig, she definitely had extensions in it or something. It was bad. I don't think it was all her, but yeah. And her accent—was it an
3: accent or was it just the way she spoke? It was an accent, like flowing in and out. I didn't
1: love. I didn't love the ending. You didn't? Mm -hmm. I loved how it all wrapped (laughs) up. Pretty little bow. I didn't. No, I didn't. Well, there were aspects of the ending I didn't like. I don't want to give anything away. I didn't like. What happened to the resort afterwards? Yeah, I, didn't I thought like that, that was that at ridiculous. All. I thought it, it didn't even make sense no. to me. There were actually some characters. Jesus, you guys, you're making me rethink everything.
3: And I think like you, Bridget, I was waiting for like some big thing to happen. Yeah. Or something more sinister to happen. And it didn't. To me, Melissa McCarthy and Bobby Cannavale <laughs> were the two best things of that entire series. <laughs> Agreed. Without them, yeah, it yeah. would have really sucked. No, I
2: totally yeah, agree with I that. I agree. I'm actually kind of, I almost want to go, I've read some of her books before. She's a really great author, um, but I kind of want to go back and read this book in particular because I I feel like it maybe ends differently in the book.
0: Mm. Probably,
3: it probably does. Like,
2: do you know, it felt too like pretty little bow.
1: Yeah, I know. I kind of like that. It, it,
2: ended, it ended all too, and I don't mind that, but it just felt like it ended too neatly and cleanly for what was really going... I I just feel like maybe the book ended differently. So I'm
3: giving it a six.
2: Ooh! Ooh. Whoa. Wow. I'll give it a seven. Um, I'll give it a seven. Well, I feel like... Because of Melissa and Bobby.
1: I feel like I talked it up in the beginning so much. I mean...
2: Well, because
3: it, it was good in the beginning because you didn't really know where it was going. And now that we then- broke it
1: down, I'm feeling completely differently about it. <laughs> but I, I still will say an eight. I think I, I think it's a good oh, okay. recommendation for people. Okay. Uh, maybe giving a little bit of high mark now that you guys have talked about <laughs> it. <laughs> I also wow. loved the opening same song It sounded just like Pretty Little Lies Yeah It was okay. done well, n- Which Nicole Kidman was in also We're yes. not talking about that show But I love Pretty Little Lies Yeah It's like Pretty Little Lies Very, yes. very well done
3: And, and maybe that's yes. why Maybe I was hoping for something mm. more Because he delivered well, with Pretty Little author Lies
1: author. Yeah. Lower your expectations
3: Maybe that's it Maybe I need to go in with some really no, low expectations
1: And then be surprised Yeah We're gonna kind of uh, change gears a little bit there's a lot of documentaries we've been watching yeah um LuLaRoe you want to take that one on Bridget
2: okay Lula yeah, Rich? I will try. is it LuLaRiche I will try I think it was called LulaRich Lula on, on the multi-level marketing company LuLaRoe I feel like this is a safe space to say because there's never they're never going to listen but I actually have cousins who
1: <laughs> that makes sense
2: sold do they do they still sell no i don't think that they do but i remember for a minute they um it was three sisters and they were they had like an instagram page they had their own little like lularoe shop name and i remember like thinking like looking well i guess i should describe what the documentary is about first so the documentary is about this multi-level marketing company, LulaRoe, that was created by this couple. I totally can't even remember where they live. Is it Southern California? I think they're in Southern California. And the wife kind of started it by I mean, it's it's like Tupperware with clothes. Like you she would go to people's houses and sell clothes buy you know buy stuff at uh, a flea market or whatever and then go sell it at people's houses for you know market up and um, kind of made it into her own thing and started with uh, maxi skirts and shirts and then got into like leggings and they're supposed to be you know buttery soft mm-hmm. and they have all these different patterns and it kind of just blew up into this beast and um, it really appealed to, white suburban housewives specifically in middle America I think and it kind of imploded I mean they're still around crazily enough I mean they're still around but it kind of imploded in a lot of ways because people started losing all this money I'm fascinated by multi-level marketing companies I think I do have a little bit of that in me where like you get me in the beginning I'm like ooh. Those essential oils. I do need some of those, or and I
1: could sell them. That, I like them so much. That, I could sell them too. I mean,
2: honestly, I have zero interest in selling them. I have zero interest in selling them. That's not my game. But I always am like intrigued by it, or like, oh, that makeup company. I wonder if I don't wear a lot of makeup, but maybe if I use this makeup, I would. Like, you know, I'm always kind. Of, and even when my cousins started selling. I would look at their little Instagram pages and I was like, oh, these leggings are kind of cute. And they would do the Facebook Lives and all of that stuff. So I was intrigued to watch the documentary because I was like, oh, I feel like I have a connection to it. And I was shocked by everything that we learned. I was actually shocked that the couple, the husband and wife who own and operate it, met. I don't know what they were sold to do this documentary, oh, right? but I was kind of like surprised that they were willing to sit down. I don't know if they realized it was going to be kind of a smear campaign on their company, but the fact that these women were, I do feel, you know, I feel bad. My husband was watching it with me and he was like, these women are idiots. Like, it's their own fault for losing all this money. And I was like, but I don't really, it is and it isn't right. I think like, you know, they, they, they marketed to a very specific type of woman. And these were women who were at home with their kids and maybe wanting to do something with their time or make a little bit of money on their own. And it really does present a great like you can work from home and be your own business owner and make money and, you know, all of that. But the fact that they would have to pony up like 10 grand for inventory before they could even sell something, that's crazy. And then the fact that they're really only making money if they participate in the actual multi-level marketing part of it all and have people underneath them. I mean, I just think that multi-level marketing schemes in general are just such a horrible
3: Yeah, you're you're only (laughs) going to make money if you're way at the top. But there were a couple of women that were way at the top of the pyramid, right? That were making a couple hundred thousand dollars. Oh, I mean, that's just the way that it works.
1: The people at the top make the money, everybody below.
2: Exactly. is like scraping by and like not making anything. You
1: lose Mm -hmm. your clientele by bringing people in because you're pulling from the same group of people. So if everybody in our little area here was selling it, all of a sudden there's nobody to sell to. So there's, you well, run out of people, right? Yeah.
2: But their, but their way around that was, we only have so many of this type of pattern and you wouldn't yeah. know what you were getting in your inventory. So they would put out like the call to action of we're looking for the pineapple. It's like pants the beanie baby thing. Medium. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we also know somebody who got into the beanie babies. Oh yeah, we do. <laughs> But Another
3: that, <laughs> relative. <laughs> yes.
2: The whole thing
3: took a turn, though, when they started, the owners started really focusing on appearances.
2: Yes.
1: That was crazy. Yes. Yeah, they, they required their top people to look a certain way. And, yes. and by the way, the owners need to take care of themselves before they start talking about other
2: people. <laughs> yes. Yes. But exactly. They were sending people to...
3: to
1: where was it Tijuana or somewhere for weight loss surgery For weight loss surgery
2: yep yeah yeah,
1: pushing them to get it and then if you left them they would bash you and I they're know. still exactly. they're still functioning as a business today it's yeah. wild
2: I
3: don't know how I mean, people don't see through the whole multi-level marketing thing because it's just so obvious that the only people that are going to make money are a very very small
2: few and it's such high pressure sales mm-hmm. it's crazy but I- But again, like I kind of think, like there's also some genius to it because for me, I'm not super business inclined. So, at first glance, if you're telling me, "Hey, you buy some tops, you buy some pants, you keep it at home, you put it online, you don't have to go anywhere, you sell it, you make a few bucks," like for me, at first glance, I'd be like, "Oh, that sounds oh sounds pretty easy. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, so." Ultimately, I think the further you get into it, like definitely the women whose you know, red flags started going off and stuff like that. Like, well, and they all kind of get this cold feel to them. Mm hmm. It all starts feeling very culty in how, you know, like you guys were just saying with like the the weight loss and the looks and you have to do this and that. And and they kind of weave, they hate you.
3: Yeah. And you said cult and they kind of talked about how they weave religion into it. So there was like some Mormon undertones in this whole thing. Right. Mm -hmm. It's always it's always that. Mm-hmm. That's true for Mary Kay. That's true for Amway. That's true for so mm-hmm. many multi-level marketing. Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting, oh, because yeah. it's the network. Yeah, it's the network. Oh yeah, Ooh. which
2: is actually kind of. I mean, are you guys going to talk about that other documentary? Because yeah. that's the same. It's the same thing. So, what would you
1: give Lula Rich?
2: Um, I think because I had the you know adjacent personal connection to it, so I was really intrigued by it all. I'd give it like an eight and a half, an eight, eight and a half. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like mind blowing. I don't think everything that they revealed was super shocking. But um, I just love multi-level marketing skills. Yeah, me too. So, yeah. I'd give it like an eight
3: and a half. I give it an eight. <laughs> it, it,
1: it was interesting. And I love that crap. I think it's definitely worth an eight. I love this kind of shit. And because we talked about, quote, the other one, the other one is on HBO, The Way Down. And that's another religious. Yes. And have either of you seen this yet? No, but it's on my list. Yes,
0: So yes. it's it's the
1: story of Gwen Shamblin. She started as just kind of preaching, and she preached that you could basically pray the weight away. That was her thing, and she wrote books on it, and women were doing it. Basically, you can eat whatever you want, but if you felt like you wanted to eat, you should just pray. <laughs> like, how, how is she making money yeah, on this? Yeah, it's great. Well... Listen. These she people was doing
2: were, like seminars. Yeah, she was doing
1: all and, this. Oh. It's a yeah, yeah it's a faith,
2: sure faith-based yeah. diet. So
1: then, this documentary explores her and her growth and what happened. She starts this church on her own, the Remnant Church in Tennessee. There's control aspects of the congregants' lives. She gets very involved with them, um, including what they eat, what medication they take. How they discipline their children. And as she's doing this and talking about love and your family and what you should do, she leaves her husband and falls in love with this guy who's basically an actor. Pretty good looking when he was younger. He played like Tarzan and stuff. And preaches love and you should be subservient to the man. All this stuff. Yet she totally divorces her husband Gets married to this guy. She's so skinny. Her Her hair gets higher with each growing year. It's crazy. She's She's anorexic looking. It's it's a wild documentary. I think there were aspects I was like, all right, move it along, move it along, move it along. There's lawsuits against her. She's delusional, but it's interesting. I don't think it's as good as Lula Rich. If
2: you like these kind of, uh, you know, faith based crazy people. I mean, basically, her diet was essentially fasting. Don't eat. So it's like, if you're not doing, if you're not fasting, then you're not going to lose weight. Well, I think the one thing, and so Gina, I would almost recommend to you not to watch it right now, because a lot of what the documentary is focusing on just happened. Like, I think it's kind of like you can should I share what happens in the very first episode? Yeah. I mean, we find out right she, away. Yeah. She, she dies in a plane crash.
1: Oh, like recently, in May 2021. Like recently, like in May of 2021. Her and her new husband. And so,
2: and and I think her son-in-law, and there was like another couple on the plane or something Mm -hmm. like that. And so a lot of the stuff that's like coming out is still really recent. So there's only the three episodes, and then it says to be continued. So it's like going to be kind of this ongoing thing. So that's the only thing I was a little bummed about, because I was like, ah, shoot, because like now... When it finally comes out, I'm going to have completely forgotten what oh, happened. yeah. And it yeah. does
1: continue. I won't tell you what happens to the church after she dies, but it's, it's interesting. I would, I would give it kind of a low, like, 7 out of 10.
2: Yeah, I think only because they are leaving us hanging and we right. don't know for how long. So right. I think, yeah, I'd probably give it, like, a 7 as well. Because it's a really interesting story. Mm-hmm. And I finished the first three episodes, boom, boom, boom. And then it said "to be continued." But I was like,
3: "No, <laughs> yeah." So I'll wait on that one. So, yeah, I would. It's, it's, I, it's a wait, one, wait, but it's
1: it's one yeah. people are talking about. So if you want to know about it, it's an easy three episode.
3: Uh, I was taken uh, aback yeah. by the cover photo in her oh, hair, yes. and I'm oh, like, yes. "Is this really?" And that actually how this is what looks. Yes. That's what brought yes. me in.
2: <laughs> yes, she, she looks so better Gina, before. That's not how she started. She started with like that really kind of. Early 90s bob that was like super curled under at the bottom, always blonde. And then as she started her church, it just it all of a sudden started doing this like David Bowie, like. Pfft. And then it just got higher and higher and higher.
1: It's also really thin because she's so thin. Yes. It's like she's malnourished. <laughs> oh, mal- yeah. nu-
2: oh Not mal-nour- malnourished. Malnourished. <laughs> yeah. could not say that
1: word. And so she like <laughs> fluffs it to get higher, higher, higher. Yeah,
2: because she doesn't eat. Yeah, Does it doesn't. bother
3: you guys that all these things have religious undertones? Because it of kind of bothers me that all of these things have to have to do with religion. They always try to pull you well, in with religion.
2: I mean, I think that's what people are drawn to, right? Because everybody wants something to believe in. And I think religion's the easiest way to do it, whether it's a God, you know, God up in heaven or a different type of God. Um, I think everybody is looking for something tangible to like latch onto and to just say that, you know, you can, yeah, I mean, to pray the way, pray the weight away. Way, like that was. What a tagline! But but then you're starving
3: yourself, <laughs> yeah, so you're, you're still right. not but praying anything but away. But
2: they don't think. But they don't think that they are. No,
3: it blows my mind because I you know? can never see myself getting sucked in to anything like this. I don't. I don't know how people do. I, I mean, mean, they I do. Like to but say I
2: wouldn't. Yeah, but. Let's be honest. There's prob- so. I probably, want.
1: I think of all of us, Bridget, Bridget has admitted that she's the one. Who works
2: I'm exactly. probably the most skeptical <laughs> I'm, person I'm, out of I'm everybody. I'm super skeptical. I'm super skeptical, but it's like you try it that one time and then it works. In,
1: and it works. No, I trust <laughs> <Yes>. no one.
2: <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> Speaking of trusting no one, what is the show that's next on yours? Impeachment. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I have not watched
2: this one. I'm oh, Bridget, you you've got to get on this one. I know, I know, I know. I'm excited to hear your review.
3: Yeah, so it's not over yet. So, this is an American okay. crime story, another great Ryan Murphy production. There's 10 episodes. I'm not sure what episode. We've got to be getting close to eight, nine, maybe.
1: I'm not sure. They're very long episodes, though. Yeah,
3: they're like an hour oh, and a half. Cool. It's on FX. I think it's also on Hulu.
1: Well, it's Hulu FX. So if you don't have FX on your regular, on just cable or whatever you can you watch have, it on Hulu. You can watch it on Hulu.
3: So it covers obviously the whole Bill Clinton Monica Lewinsky scandal, um, and it's based on a book which I didn't realize, The Vast Conspiracy. Oh, I didn't know. Which that. came out a long time uh-huh. ago. Anyway, it has a huge cast. Judith Light plays Susan McMillan Carpenter. Bill Clinton is Clive Owen, which I just discovered. Ooh. Hillary is Edie Falco. Betty Curry, his secretary, is Ray Don Chong. It Cheech and Chong's daughter.
1: Oh, really? Or hmm. Cheech's
3: daughter. I, I, didn't know yeah. she, I didn't know she Ooh. was that old. She was a comedian. You remember her, right? Ray Don Chong? Yeah, I do, but she I didn't recognize her. I didn't either. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, Monica is Beanie Feldstein. Um, Linda Tripp. Okay, you've got to watch it. If for nothing else, you've got to watch it for Linda Tripp because... It is Sarah Paulson,
1: and she is phenomenal. She's so good. She's phenomenal. Way better than Monica. Monica so annoying. Isn't she?
3: Yeah. If if anybody was miscast (laughs) out of all of this, it's the beanie... Feldstein. It is I, not oh a good no. Monica. It's
1: really difficult because it's her story, but really yeah. it's Linda Tripp. It's all it's about really Linda Tripp about Linda Tripp. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But now I thought you said that Monica Lewinsky was an executive producer, but she's yeah. not. Yes, yeah, she is. When I looked her up for uh producers and cast, it she didn't come up. Really? But I heard that she was also. Oh, that's strange.
3: Oh, I okay. thought oh. she
1: had a lot to do with it, with this one in particular. I'm not sure. When I looked up just the, you know, the cast and the crew and all that, she didn't come up as an executive producer.
3: Hmm. Well, Sarah Paulson deserves an Emmy because she's amazing. Yeah, it's so good. She's amazing. Takes you through the whole sex scandal that, you know, obviously almost took down the president. Everything from the blue dress and the stain on the blue Mm. dress. I mean, it just, Mm -hmm. it covers it all. We know the story. Poor Monica was just a starry eyed. Young girl who was completely manipulated and taken advantage of, but she also had low, very low self esteem, and I think Clinton knew that and totally.
1: I don't think Clinton cared. Took he advantage saw a of cute it. young girl. Well, she was one of how many, old was she? 20? Twenty-one or something. Yeah, she 21. had graduated. Oh, wow. She had just graduated college. She was in there as an intern. Oh, wow. I also didn't realize even even living through this scandal. I don't think I realized it went on for like for so long. a couple years. Yeah, their relationship,
3: and he would, you know, kind of bait her and pull her in, and then he would totally disconnect from her. Then he would bait her and pull her in, and then totally disconnect from her. But it also talks about all of the other, yeah, like the Paula Jones, Paula Jones, and that's and- how
1: she, that's how Monica came down was because of the Paula Jones. And Linda Tripp's always striving to be somebody and always mm-hmm. wanting to be important.
3: Well, yeah, and her goal was to take down the Clintons because she hated the Clintons. She, and she hated Hillary in particular. Right.
1: So, so it, it's that. it's it's fascinating. I'm enjoying it, it, it.
3: It's fascinating. The cast is amazing, except for
1: me, Monica me. Lewinsky, <laughs> mm. the main character. I think. What is it about her, though? I mean, it, it, well, if Monica, if the real Monica Lewinsky is involved in this process. If she thinks of herself in that way, like she was just over the top. And so, but, but I, she probably was like that. She thought they were in love, even though she knew that this was never going to happen. She was so involved with this relationship. And so she's annoying, but she's really just like a 21 year old girl.
2: That that was who's it. in love with an older man who's right. having an affair who's probably not had a lot of serious relationships and who's,
1: who happens to be the is, fucking president of the United States, I was the most say, powerful man in the, the world. world. So right. yeah. Exactly. yeah. And
3: poor Monica just doesn't get it. She just can't see the big picture. Uh, right. But the other thing was that Betty knew everything that was going on.
1: The secretary. The
3: secretary. Well, yeah. oh, that doesn't uh, surprise me. Uh,
1: I mean well, I mean I guess makes sense. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So Oh, the yeah. secrets they keep. It's what, interesting. What would
3: you give it? I'm going to give it a nine out of ten. Ooh, yeah.
1: Gosh, Gina! Right. Such nine high praise! Such high praise from Gina. I would say know. eight and a half out of ten for me.
2: Ooh. So and All you right. haven't have seen it, you'll so we'll have to check no, it out. No, I'm going to have to check it out.
1: Another show we didn't. We're not going to go in deep about. Did you guys watch My Unorthodox Life?
2: No. Julia mm-hmm. Hart.
1: She was a former ultra orthodox Jew. She now runs. Oh, the, like La Perla? the biggest modeling. No, it's Elite World Group CEO. But didn't she?
3: Didn't her husband buy La Perla too? The, the probably. Oh
1: yeah, probably. Okay. Her new husband. Yeah. It. That's a. That's a fun watch. She's a little bit annoying, but I love the unorthodox Jew coming. Now they're fashionable. She has all these kids that are all about social media. She has one son that is still Orthodox Jew, and they're very open. She's very good friends with her ex husband, who she left. He's still in that community. It's a little produced, which yeah. is fine. But it's a, quote, reality show. But it's a beautiful reality show because she lives in this fabulous place in New York City now. So it's fun to watch. Oh, gotcha. The other show that, you know, I went in depth with, with my son, Matt, because Gina wasn't going to watch Squid Game. Um, I caved. Gina caved and watched it. And how many episodes are you in? I'm on six. I'm at the end of six. Oh. Are you watching it, Bridget? No.
2: No, my husband watched it and he said it was very gory and very bloody and I don't know if that's really my
1: Well, Gina scene. didn't think it was her thing.
2: <laughs>
3: no, it was bloody and gory but uh, in a almost a comical, not comical, but
2: like a you Kill just, Bill kind of thing. Yeah, but you get yeah. past it. You <laughs> get past you get. it
3: for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why, but it, but it is very you bloody and gory. It. Yeah, you do. Everything everything <laughs> gets normal it's after a while. It's a very smart show in my opinion even though it's completely i think you get so sucked in out there
1: yeah, yeah. but um so there I'm is so invested and in, so in invested mm-hmm. so i am attaching to this one my conversation with my son matt about squid game and we go through some of the theories that people have but i have to say at the beginning of our conversation i said to him well i introduced you to squid game and he goes what are you talking about no you didn't Guess what? I went back and found the text messages that said, I have a show for you to watch, Squid Game. He goes, What's that? And I said, It's a new show on Netflix. I don't want to say too much about it. And he goes, Is that the Hunger Games type show? And I said, Yes. He goes, Okay, I'll start it this week. So, boom, Matthew. It was all you. It was all me. And so I sent that to him this week. And he goes, Oh, I guess you're right. So after this, you'll hear him deny that I told him about Squid Game. <laughs> but that's anyway, false. that will be following this. I kind of want to end this with any shows that you are gonna start soon, interested to watch, that's on your must see list that you, we haven't talked about here.
3: I started The Chair, which is oh, um, with loved it Sandra oh. Sandra O.
1: Oh. Did love you finish
3: that. it? Yes, because I'm only I, think one... I watched it in one day. Really. Okay, because I'm on the fence. I'm one episode in, and uh, she's a chairman of a private university, chair of a department. Right? Okay.
2: She's like the first. uh, I don't know if she's the first female, but she's the first woman of color to be chair of the English department at this like super prestigious university on the East Coast. I don't even know if they say what university it is, or if it's a made up one, or whatever. I think
3: it's a made up one,
2: and it's just kind of. I don't know. I don't think it's really I think it's just kind of about that, like and her trying to manage it and all the it's a it's a comedy. It's got, you know, so it's like there's kerfuffles and all sorts of different stuff. So, yeah, I enjoyed that one.
1: Anything you're looking forward to watching or watching right now that we haven't spoken about?
2: Uh, But we did finish Money Heist. Yeah, the we are, first we are part of into the Money season. Yeah, we yeah. haven't watched the
1: latest uh, season yet. We watched episode one, okay. and that was it. So that's one so that we me got, and Dan watched together.
2: We finished the first part of this final season, and that's a really good show, although it gives me, like, anxiety when I'm watching it. <laughs> that's a good show. So, like It's so intense. Um, Bridget, didn't I you would, watch Midnight Mass? I was going to say I would recommend Midnight Mass, yeah. So that's on Netflix, and it's by the same guy who did... Um, haunting of Hill House and but Haunting scary? of Blythe Manor.
1: I don't want to watch it if it's scary.
2: No, I don't think it's as scary as the other ones. I think it's especially kind of tagging onto this entire conversation of cults and religion kind of being the undertow of it. It um, centers on this really small community on this island. I think they're supposed to be off like the coast of Washington or something. And the Catholic, they're all Catholic, like this whole community is Catholic, and kind of how their deep-rooted belief in the Catholic faith kind of leads them astray a little bit. has Zach Guilford, who was uh, on Friday Night Lights, he was the quarterback on Friday Night Lights, the TV show. Yeah, is he the hot young priest? He's not the priest, Mm. but he's the attractive, young, hot young guy. (laughs) I don't think the priest is... Are there hot young people
1: in it that I'm in? (laughs)
2: Probably not that you would know. I mean, uh Henry Thomas is in it.
1: <laughs> nope, don't know him. He's from um, ET. Oh, the little kid, the kid. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Um, what about? I saw that you season three is on. I was totally into you. Oh, Troy's I'm gonna watch it. That. I haven't. Watched
2: oh, that. I've I've dipped into it twice, and I'm still like struggling. <laughs> With with just even season just one, getting, just getting like a momentum going to watch it. Yeah. Oh, I want to. It's good. I, I mean, mean, it's, it's creepy. Like
1: it. It's very creepy, yeah. but it's good. So yeah. I will definitely watch season three of that. What about Hope Sick?
2: Have you seen that on Hulu? No. Oh, dope sick. Or, sorry, <laughs> dope sick. Dope sick. Yeah, I actually I just saw a trailer for it and I want to watch That's it. it I watched Keaton. that. What is it? Yeah. It's um, something
1: having to do with the drug epidemic, the oh. opioid yeah, epidemic. The Oxy, oh. Yeah, the So it sounds a little depressing, but I think it's probably very timely and important to watch. So,
2: Michael- did you watch the documentary on HBO about it? Yes. How basically drug companies and doctors have essentially caused this Dope drug ep- epidemic because right. they've just been prescribing it like candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I think, <laughs> did we cover
1: everything? <laughs> I think we did. Gosh. Was it was a very, lot it was a lot i'm very excited to have you back on Aww, with us thank you
2: thank you for having this me. extra show for your listeners no <laughs> we
1: always bore our listeners who cares
2: yes. you're our one listener
3: so yes. you'll uh, enjoy <laughs> listening
1: to yourself <laughs>
2: Oh, I love chatting with you ladies. So thank you for having me. I think
1: we should do this every once in a while. Do an extra episode talking about all the streaming shows that we watch because we watch a lot of those. It's not just the reality TV on cable networks or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And then right after this, of course, we have my conversation with my son about Squid Game. So enjoy. Mm.
3: Thanks, Bridget.
1: Thank you so Anne. yes Manscaped. what is it is it is it we are sponsored by manscape sponsored by
3: manscape and autumn is in the air pumpkins are in the patch and our friends at manscape are here to make sure your man doesn't carve his pants pumpkins <laughs> when he's grooming <laughs> safety first I still, I still don't <laughs> know what you mean by that <laughs> <laughs> oh god you have to make sure your man's keeping things fresh this fall With the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package, ladies, do we really want to cuddle up with a dude who isn't trimmed?
1: No. No.
3: Let's say it again.
1: (laughs) No. Nor do I not want my nose, my ears, my Watch not <laughs> trimmed, it's for ladies too. Your lady parts, keep them trimmed. <laughs> this is not only for men, it's for women too. You can order Manscaped at manscaped.com. Use our code Dames Dish for 20% off and free shipping. That's it, 20% off and free shipping.
3: Keep yourself and your man groomed yes. this fall. All
1: right. Matthew, all the way from Mexico City. This is your second time on the Dames Who Dish podcast. Do you remember the first time you were on?
4: It's uh, It's been a long time. Um, I haven't been allowed back on, but I think <laughs> I'm... <laughs> it's an honor. Um, I think I was the fourth <laughs> person you asked for to be on this one, but whatever it takes...
1: Actually, you're the only one I know that I can talk to about this show. Gina is not joining us. You are my co-host today. How do you wait, feel about it? Wait, is,
4: that? She, is, she not, is she not watching it? or what's? She's what's
1: not watching on? it. She okay. doesn't like the idea of a show that's dubbed. And it's really not her genre. I told Gina, if you could watch the first episode, then tell me if you can't go on. Anyway, I'm having you on today to talk the Netflix hit show, Squid Game. I am the one who who recommended it to you am i not
4: no no way what are you talking about it's it's been number one on netflix for three weeks you're gonna take credit for it
1: matthew i messaged you and i said i have a show for you squid games
4: yeah i go i'm on episode four what are you no i don't think so
1: all right maybe you'd heard of it but i watched it before you give me that i was ahead of you i finished that's
4: true i i did binge it really fast um which is something I will probably come to my detriment here when I try to explain episodes or you ask me about a certain episode because they all blur together for me.
1: I want to read to you what it says on the Netflix official site about Squid Game. This is all it says. This is the description it gives. Hundreds of cash strapped players accept a strange invitation to compete in children's games inside a tempting prize awaits with deadly high stakes. That's it.
4: Dun dun dun.
1: dun. How did you feel when you first started the episode?
4: So I was, when it came out a little over a month ago now, I was a little late in terms of I had already seen it on social media and all of that. So I had seen some of the things. I knew it was really intense and there was a lot of death. I'm also really easy on shows. I've I've figured out that it's, I just like everything. I'm an easy critic. (laughs) And so I, I jumped in and it was a late night and I was like, oh God, this is really dark. But I... I mean, I, I loved it. I, I zoomed right through it in two days, so. Um,
1: wow. I went in not knowing anything about it. I thought it was a game-related show, maybe a Hunger Games sort of thing. So when I first started watching the episode one in particular, the dubbing uh, was shockingly bad. I had a real hard time oh, wait, with the dubbing. I have,
4: a, I have a question. So when you turned it on, was it automatically dubbed in, yes. in English? Mm-hmm. Okay, that was what mine was too. And I think, I don't know if that's new on Netflix, but. I never even turned it off. Most people were like, "Oh, you have to watch it subtitled," and I just watched it in English. And so I think that I, I did know, I both think it changed my experience. So I, I had
1: the I had the English dubbing on plus the subtitles.
4: <laughs> me too. Me too.
1: Okay, I have heard that people uh, people who speak Korean said you should just do it in um, the subtitles because the dubbing is really hard to get past.
4: Yeah, that's what I heard. I mean, I saw those that whole TikTok thing how they misconstrued some characters, which. We'll probably get to but some of them were super annoying and <laughs> I think it was the translation that was making them that way so a couple I would, of my nitpicks
1: that yeah I would say the main character Gi Hoon was so dislikable especially in the first couple episodes I was like how if this is the main guy and we're supposed to be rooting for him somehow I don't know how I can get there
4: <laughs> I completely agree I was out from the get-go I think he was um, and for me he had all the, the things I would typically like he was gambling kind of irrational and I still hated him and, and the whole story I, I was waiting for his character art to come around and I've read some things that people really like his character I thought he was annoying and, and just I mean there were there were portions of it where he was um, good in the games but outside of the of the games he was super annoying to me and incredibly <laughs> not likable for a main character he was the least likable of all of the principal characters in my opinion.
1: I completely agree until you get to the end um I guess some of the games he was kind of smart, now that I think about it. When he had to, the sugar game and they had to cut out the figures.
4: Yeah, he, he licked it No, and he probably saved like half of their lives. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's um, right. I was trying to give it a chance because I was like, oh, maybe he's a realistic type character. But he was so stupid. He was so
1: times. dumb sometimes.
4: Then he... And the whole thing with his daughter, I just mm. couldn't get over it. And he's gambling, he's so... Up and down, it's such a roller coaster. It's like just calm down.
1: But I mean, are we supposed to believe that that's the addict side of him, and that's what addicts do? They're high, 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 then they're low, 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 and you know, all over the place. So maybe that's that side of his character that I don't know. We're supposed to. Em- I, I'm over empathize it.
4: I, with. I, I didn't hate him entirely, but I think at the beginning and the end, I was very annoyed.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. I think
4: during the middle, I, I mean, I was rooting for him the whole time. Yeah. I like the show, and obviously he's the main character, so it wasn't like I didn't like him. But I think there's some things at the very beginning and some things at the very end which really stuck out as, like, are you fucking kidding me? Like <laughs> us? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, we can get past that.
1: Okay, so the end of episode one is what got me to keep going. How shocked were you when – They were playing Red Light, Green Light, and that little doll turns around and starts fucking (laughs) taking people down. Were you surprised by that, or is that something you already knew about? Because I myself was totally shocked and went, like, audibly gasped when I saw that.
4: So I knew there was going to be a lot of death. I assumed they would die at some point in the first episode, a lot of people. It was still shocking as shit. (laughs) And also the way, in the American dubbing, The one thing they did a really good job was of that – the the voice of the huge doll. And it was so matter-of-fact and very girl-like. It just boom, boom. It was so shocking. I knew people were going to die, and I assumed once they were going, like, especially when that person's out front and they're, you know, all gung-ho and all of that. And then just boom, boom. And I was like, shit. Also, the lack of lenience. Like, there was – none i I would have died in that game oh yeah i would have uh, i I would have just i I I love that first game the first game the first
1: game hooked me in i would have stayed back and not moved at all when i saw everybody was being shot but then no you realize if you fucking stay here and you don't make it cross there you're dead anyway it's like what it totally shocked me but then of course i was just all in
4: oh yeah and i think i still don't really understand how he's holding him in that game Uh,
1: yeah and and he doesn't get
4: shot but anyways (laughs) um that would really kill the plot if our guy died in the first episode. So, if the main um, guy I'll, died. I'll give a little bit of, uh, of leniency there. No, but I was immediately <laughs> in from the get-go.
1: Now, were you surprised when, after the first episode, they all were like, fuck this, we want to go home. And then they kind of had this majority vote, and they all went home.
4: This is my favorite part of the whole show, I think, actually. So I read when they were signing the little contract, there was those three bullets, no? And... The third one of them was, you know, the majority, you can leave, you can quit the game. And so I saw it, I'm like, okay, well, that's going to be one of the last episodes, they're going to leave, and that's going to be something hanging over the whole show. I love that they did it right off the bat, because you lose the sympathy for the players in that way, and then you get the picture outside of, in the real world again for them, and they're, you know, distraught, and they all choose to go back, or, you know, 90% of them choose to come back. So. I love that part that they just went straight through it and said, okay, we know we left this dangling out there for you and and they're going to choose to come back on their own accord. And I thought it's really sad. I mean, it's the whole allegorical piece of it, but they, you know, they're so reluctant. They just, you know, the first time they get in the vans and they're like trying to stay awake while the, the gas is coming at them. The second time they're just like passing out, <laughs> you know, they, <laughs> I'm <they're> out totally <laughs> with it. Um, so yeah, that was one of my favorite, my favorite parts actually is that they, they chose to go home that they all chose to come back in.
1: Well, and that's one of the beauties of the show, like you said, is that now you get this feel. Like the first time it was like, oh, well, oh my God, they didn't know what they were getting into, obviously. Well, the second time they actually know what they're getting into and they choose to go back. That shows you how shitty their life was on the outside and how desperate yeah. they all were.
4: And I also, I want to call out my stupidity for when they're playing that little game in the subway, when he's getting convinced to go in, right? It took me half the time to realize what the fuck they were doing in that game. I mean- were flipping it and it wouldn't flip why was he so bad why was the other guy so good i just couldn't get my head around it but anyways yeah i i I completely agree well wait what did you what
1: did you come up with because i i don't get it like obviously it's the way you throw it it, right
4: yeah i just couldn't get over this is why i hate the main character so much in the first in the beginning he's throwing this thing and he's getting so bad at himself and then he wins one out of it seemed like 150 rounds he's acting like he won the Super Bowl or something. It's ridiculous. His, his victory, it's, like, clearly there's something behind this. Um,
1: he's an addict.
4: He's an addict. Um, but, no, I, I think them choosing to come back in and seeing how depressing their life is on the outside is, you know, it, it brings that piece of – it kind of felt like in the first episode it was very um, out in the middle of nowhere, like, very distant from reality. But once you see how shitty their life is and this how they've all accumulated this insane amount of debt all somehow um, – mm-hmm you understand why they're back in there. So I, I like that part of it.
1: How did you feel about when he saw his friend Cho, the the successful one that he kept glorifying?
4: If I had to hear him say, he went to SMB business school one more time, I, I don't think I would have been able to continue the show. Yeah, I mean, his whole story, I hated him from the get-go. I think one of my nitpicks as well is that they had to keep proving he was bad. I kind of was, you know, the moment they entered that um, honeycomb game, I realized he was pretty shitty when he knew the game and he didn't tell them all to go in the triangle or whatever the easy shape was to cut out. The whole thing was he was the success story from his little town. No. And that he was like, Oh, this is the guy. And then Cho, at the you know, clearly he's in shit as well. And he's like, just shut the fuck up and stop talking about that. So I get that part of it. But no, I I think I kind of disliked Cho from the beginning.
1: Old man player. Number one. What were your initial feelings about him? Obviously, we know what happens with him at the very end. Did you have any preconceived ideas that uh, there was something more to him? Like there was something more to his story? Or do you just think he was just one of the people there?
4: I thought he would come back to help our main character, seung Jun. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I, I knew he would come back to help him in some way. I was really stupid. I didn't figure it out till the very last minute. I know there was little crumbs in the middle of where the, old, the hand is really an old man when they're showing that at the beginning. Um, I didn't pick up on any of that I thought he was I thought he was definitely going to come back to to help him I didn't know it was going to be in the in the way that it ended up being
1: so you didn't think he died during the marble the infamous episode six the marble episode
4: I totally thought he died I thought Me he was too. Done. Yeah. I was like oh that's really sad because even though they didn't show his death they didn't show every single death of every single character but he was a main character, so I probably should have picked that up. But I well, was but just- I don't
1: think so. Uh, during that Marvel episode, I never would have thought that poor Ali was gonna die. That was oh, so heartbreaking. That was that was the most heartbreaking scene. And fucking Cho oh, I, I screwed him. I
4: knew he. I knew he was gonna that. That I knew from the get go. The moment he said, "Oh, let's we'll meet back," and he does that. Yeah, and he gave though he gave his, his marbles. Yeah, no, I, I knew that was the case. But the one with the old man, player one, I I had no idea.
1: I didn't think about that. Some Another character that we never saw die, but we saw him get shot, is that police officer. This is a storyline that I never quite followed. I never fully understood. I don't know why it had to be in there. I have a lot of problems with it. So the police officer's brother was the front man. We, we sort of believe that the front man was actually a player at one point. Um, he thinks his brother went in there, maybe got shot, got killed. He doesn't know. He gets into the van the second time. He slides, slides in. I I have a real hard time with this place where they hold these games is so tight. The security is tight. Everybody is chipped, except apparently the workers aren't chipped. Why wouldn't they chip their workers? How did this police officer slide in so easily, make so many mistakes? They call him on his mistakes. He acts like, oh, sorry, I just forgot. You know, he doesn't know anything. And they never like double check who he might be. It just not that didn't fly with me.
4: This is my biggest problem is that, and I'm hoping, and there'll probably be a season two, I imagine, obviously, um, they dive a little bit more into these guards because there's so much security and yet this guy just- Slipped right in. There's no way he could figure out what he's supposed to be doing. Like I was, in my situation, I'm like, I would be walking out of my door, probably wearing the wrong shape of my little figure on my face. and, And then I'd walk out and not know what the fuck I'd be doing. And he's somehow just running, just knows what he's doing the whole time. No, he doesn't. Just he's just no
1: following along. But it, but he, they're calling him out like, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be over there. And he's like, sorry. Nobody else has a problem. They don't find it interesting and they don't check on him or call him to the side. <laughs> I, no, I no, didn't no. buy well, that.
4: There was the one, they did cover their ass at one point with it where, you know, the one episode where the guy um, was held at gunpoint, the worker, by yeah. the the, the player where they were doing the honeycomb game. He does the whole thing and he makes him take off his mask. And that was the guy who was, who was his superior and was going to check up on him after. So they killed him off and that was his coverage there. Okay. Um, when he was going down and he was going to be a diver, I was like, okay, you're just going <laughs> to, you're going for this. Like you got to give it up at some point. He was just going to apparently be a, a supreme diver all of a sudden. I couldn't really understand.
1: How did you feel about the American, the depiction of the rich Americans that whole scene, that was episode seven. I don't know if they dubbed the Americans. It almost sounded like they dubbed American voices. And it was like, hey, Ranger Rick. <laughs>
4: it was so stupid. It was, uh, I had two, two reactions. One, I'm like, who's American and who's not? Because the dubbing, you never know. I was watching it. I, I wish I was watching Korean at that point because I would have at least figured out what was being dubbed and what was not. Second was... Every American show ever probably does just as bad of a depiction of other, like, Russian, bad Russians or whatever <laughs> it is. It was hilariously bad. It of was how so bad. Stereotypical, like, American. This big big
1: fat fuck followers. and yeah. give me some more food and drink. It's just so, and they had, like, these eyes wide shut masks on.
4: Like, what, what's, <laughs> what's the <ridiculous>? purpose? <laughs> I actually, I couldn't. It was so bad that it was like, okay, at least it's so bad it's kind of good again. And I was laughing at it, not kind of with it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk about the ending. So we we find out that the old man, player number one, is really the main guy behind the whole game. He just wanted to play the games. My question about the old man is, did he, at that Marble game, did he really have dementia? Was he really kind of out of it? Or was he playing with Jihoon at that point? Or what do you think?
4: No, I think he was putting up a facade the whole time. From what I could gather. So you think um, he just
1: had kind of a brain tumor and he was dying, but he did not no, no, have no, dementia?
4: No. Uh, he has a brain tumor, but I think he was perfectly coherent and he was choosing to let him. I think he he gets to the end of that game and he puts he obviously puts it in our main character's 456 his hands. Right. Like I'm about to beat you. I'll let you decide if you're going to you know, play fair and square or, you know, keep the game going and, and lie. I mean, obviously you're going to lie. What, are you going to let yourself die? This old guy who you know is going to die. You have to do that. You know, I, I love that that position they put that in. But, I mean, obviously you're going to choose to to lie and stay alive. That the integrity is, you have.
1: That's when I decided to root for the main character. Was that episode and then the final episode. Actually, no, it was probably the second to last episode when he actually wins the game. I love the way that ended, actually. At first I thought, oh, is this going to be a Hunger Games thing where they both can win? No, (laughs) only one can win. Now, oh, that's the question I was going to ask you. When you first came into the games, did you think only one person was going to win? Or did they all have a chance to win?
4: Well, they said there's only one winner, right?
1: No, they never did. They said, if you play all the games and win, you can win this money. So in their minds, when they first went into the game, I think that they thought, oh, my God, we have a chance to win this money and we'd split it. Like whoever wins, we all split the money. Because otherwise, why wouldn't they turn on each other sooner? And when they started figuring out, oh, the less winners, the more money I make, then they started infighting. And I thought that was a whole different dynamic that I didn't think about. It seemed to take them a little bit of time to think about, too. Like, oh, yeah, if I do this, then half of you are gone. Why don't I just kill you off here instead of waiting for the games to kill you off?
4: So I was under the impression the whole time that there was only one winner. However, I thought that you could only win during the games. And then I was like, okay, there's only, what, six, seven games, I forget. How are they going to? Like, if you cut half off every time, there's still not enough to kill everyone if there's 456 players. So I was under the impression there was one winner. And once they opened it up to just chaos, I was like, okay, well, why won't they just kill everyone? Why wouldn't they just kill each other? But it is super relatable. Like, every time you put yourself in their position, a little game theory, you start walking down one lane. You're like, well, but then you'd have to come back. You're going to eventually have your inner group. It's like Survivor, right? You're eventually going to have to go against your own. And so I, I think it's really clever because you... Every time you try to come up with a strategy, you're eventually going to come back to a, a point in which there's a bottleneck and you have to decide between killing your own. I mean, the most brutal was the marble game where they're against they pick their teams. And they're against each other. Right.
1: One of the other games that I thought was a really interesting concept of how you would play it is when they were stepping on the glass and some of the glass broke and some of it. You know, was steady. So you'd have the people go before you and people would, you know, you would have to remember where they stepped and died basically. But then all of a sudden the the bully guy is like, well, fuck this. I'm just going to stay here. And what are you all going to do? It's, you know, you're all behind me. I'm going to wait till the time's up. You can come around me if you want, but I'm not moving. And I thought, wow, that was something I didn't think about. Like, of course you would do that. And then, you know, the way he fucking died with the screaming
4: lady who was so annoying,
1: that was just It was like a diehard move. I didn't see that coming either. I thought that guy would last till the end.
4: That game, I have a problem with some of the games which are all dependent upon the luck at the beginning. So that game is, if you're the first seven, ten people, you're going to die without... (laughs) Maybe,
1: maybe. The odds are you're going to die.
4: You have, I mean... If you're the first person, you have what there's like they did the there's one guy who's like doing the math there's like a point zero 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 one percent it's like okay math guy um, that was a good a good game though because if you're in his position you're player nine or whatever what do you, what are you gonna do you're gonna die in the next step you're rooting yeah. it's it's an interesting game I like it because you're rooting for the person in front of you to keep like absolutely you really them, but you don't obviously. but you need
1: them to hurry up because there's a clock involved
4: yeah exactly so the last player i mean our guy was the main character was definitely going to make it if everyone else in front of him would move in time <laughs> but
1: they so, weren't moving
4: i have a really really annoying piece of that last with the end of the game they make it and then they break the glass and that's how our our like my favorite character ends up fucking dying is because <laughs> she gets hit by a thing like a, a yeah, the girl, and that's eventually basically what kills her. What's her yeah. name? Um, Askin. As- Kang? King. That pissed me off.
1: That boy. was that was really annoying. Okay, so at the end, when he ends up winning, thank God Cho basically killed himself because our our main guy Gi Hoon would never, never have killed him because at this point we like him; he's a good guy. <laughs> at this point, we are rooting for him, and you're not going to root for Cho. He's a asshole.
4: Yeah. I mean, you knew the last game was going to be the Squid Game. I still don't really understand why he's like, "Let's leave now." It's like, okay, he's dead already.
1: Yeah, that was to, stupid. To, to, well, to that just shows you—that just shows you how stupid the main character is. Also, let's just leave. Yeah. It doesn't matter anymore. It's like, what do you mean? You've gone through all this, and all of a sudden, it doesn't matter.
4: I guess you can put your. It makes you think he's a good guy because you're like, okay, he's stupid, but at least he's, <laughs> you know, a good has the good intentions. Um,
1: okay, let's talk about him winning. And doing nothing for a fucking year. The one thing the girl Kang asked was, I have a little brother. If you can make sure he's taken care of, that's all I ask. And our fuckhead gambler doesn't do shit. He doesn't touch the money because he feels so guilty. But I, but I call actual bullshit on that. If you're a real addict and gambler, he doesn't do anything
4: yeah. for a year. You think he feels so guilty, the one thing he would do is like... Take care of that kid. Go to the girl. I mean or go to the girl's brother. It's it's ridiculous. And he we're imagining he's I mean, I know they had to clip it really quickly, but he's just been sitting by a river drinking like crap beer for, for Well a he year.
1: he hasn't taken a shower, gotten his hair cut in the whole the whole time.
4: <laughs> but when he does we when he does, with the red hair.
1: wow, are we amazed at the transformation.
4: I, I actually I probably unpopular opinion. I love the red Why hair Why would like you it. love so the red hair? I don't know. I just, I just liked it. I, I thought he was going nice to shave
1: his head. And then when he sees that fucking picture of the woman with the red hair, and I'm like, he's not doing that. There's no way that's happening. And him walking away at the red hair. So then I was like, okay, here we go. He's going to make up for all the lost time. He he's took the kid, gave it to Cho's mother, left a bunch of money for her to take care of him. Then he gets on the plane to go see his daughter. And once again, he's sucked back in. He sees the guy playing that docky game
4: game that i couldn't figure out um yeah i mean obviously it makes sense because they need a season two but you're like dude just take a week trip go see your daughter come back be a good father for once their birthday you have all this money for once you can actually follow through with what you want to do and he just can't do it i mean it's it's good plot line stuff but it's um it was frustrating
1: now my feeling was that it totally set us up for a season two Whereas so many other people are saying, no, 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 one and done. It's way more fantastic this way. It's like, what? I feel no resolution whatsoever. I have I way more two, questions.
4: I mean, I, there's definitely going to be season two. Have they confirmed it? I don't no. Know the guy it.
1: the guy who wrote and directed it is like, I haven't even started it yet. I don't know if I want to do it.
4: Well, there, there's so many more things you can dive into. I think the other, the, the cool part would be seeing it from the other side. I mean, obviously the guy who was the front man, with the amazing mask and we touched on how cool that, <laughs> that black mask was that was, God, cool. was so cool um he won the game at least once i forget they'd gone back and all those but you know he had won the game before so clearly there's once you make it through you're on the outside have all this money but you probably it's that adrenaline rush right you, you want that competition so they go back it makes sense right so i imagine the season two would be finally delving into what the hell like why are these workers there what are they you know what are they doing i, I mean i just don't know their incentives so finding it from the other side, because I think there's a lot of, of question marks we still have. Um,
1: well, let's let's go into the question marks of the fan theories of what's going on. So I'm going to talk about uh, the card, like in that Docky, Docky game, whatever, I can't pronounce it, Docky. This is
4: the game where they're in the Metro, right? They're yeah, the Metro Station
1: game. Yeah. What people are saying is the card <laughs> you choose when you play the game determines your role in the game. So remember there was the two cards, there was the blue card and the red card. And so they're saying if you, whatever card you pick, you're either a player, or you're a worker. What? Yeah. No. I, yeah, that's where that the game, workers no. come from.
4: I thought they made it clear that it was just the order in which you would throw it down, and he lets you go first, and he's you pick, really good at this game. You pick and the color. You're always gonna, and it's blue or yellow or something.
1: It's blue or red. It says so. If you choose a blue card, you're a player. But if you choose the red card, you're a guard. Ah. Uh, I don't hate that. I don't hate that.
4: Here's my here's my issue with that. If you're a guard. It doesn't seem like they have much free will. So can they opt out too? It doesn't seem like they know what they're doing. So maybe they get a big check when they come. Like, I don't know. There's a couple issues I have with that, but anyways.
1: Okay. Second fan theory. The old man is actually Jihoon's father.
4: <laughs> okay. I thought that the whole time. That was my, that was what I thought the whole time. I thought that was going to be the big reveal. What? Because he's, he asked, they ask him questions about, especially in the marble episode where they're talking about, this reminds me of my home. And he goes, me too. I'm like, okay, well maybe, you know there's a connection there because we never see his dad right
1: yeah So that was what i thought
4: was going to be the thing i don't think that's i don't think that would make sense anymore um,
1: well remember when they got out the first time when they all opted out they met at that convenience store mm-hmm. and he bought him coffee or whatever a little bit of food
4: mm-hmm. ramen. reminded me of like fifth grade when i used to eat ramen raw <laughs> gross
1: gross number three the guards are criminals or prison inmates whatever yeah it's a, that's a okay one. that's that's I mean, like maybe. yeah duh. here's a good one the stepfather of Jihun's daughter is connected to the games <laughs>
4: yeah i mean i, I like no it to say yes or no mm-hmm.
1: um, the stepfather tells him that the family will be moving soon to america and when the front man talks on the phone he always talks in english Ooh, i didn't realize that
4: how am i supposed to know and i'm dubbing it that's yeah me nice. too
1: and- me too you're right and then he says, even though there are VIPs from other countries.
4: Oh, so, oh, that's
1: interesting. So not all those VIPs are American.
4: <laughs> no, well, some of them have thick accents and they're you know, dubbing. Yeah, so but, but they're dubbing all, all accents. Over. So I didn't think about that. <laughs> I
1: know, I know. The other one, the front man tried to expose the games like Jihoon, but now he's trapped in an endless cycle of the game.
4: I think it's more of what might happen to Jihoon in the, the coming future. It's just you go back and you're... All of a sudden, you want to be a part of it, right? I mean, it's it's exciting. So do you? So that's an interesting and,
1: comment. You think he's going back for the excitement of it or to take it
4: down? No, I mean, I think he might have good intentions, but you go back there. And then all of a sudden, you realize from the other side, he has that conversation with the old man, which I'm not convinced of, but where he goes, oh, well, it's because we're offering them opportunities. We're not making anyone do anything. And so you can see it from that angle, right, where you're offering these people opportunities and maybe it's better if you die than if you go back to your core bullet right you know there's that angle and you can maybe convince yourself of it
1: but it's not opportunities it's one opportunity there's one winner
4: yeah that's that's the piece that's hard to kind of come to grips with but i imagine Um, what's going to happen is it's it's going to be our main character going back and he's going to have trouble you know he's going to come back to the games and see it from the other side maybe or maybe even play it again or things like that am i wrong that the the front man had won multiple times or had played multiple times? Or was it just that he had won once when he was looking through the binder, his, his brother?
1: It says because the front man was the winner of the game in 2015, he knew a lot about the game back then. So he could have tried to expose the game but he got caught and was forced to operate the games in exchange for the safety of his family. Ooh, uh, interesting. Okay, so that's what they're saying about the front man, that, that could have happened. I mean, this is all just shit. The other one, obviously, <laughs> the police officer isn't actually dead because we never saw him die. We saw him get shot and fall off the cliff. The other one, which I like this too, the salesman who gets the people at the metro station is actually the old man's son, and he's going to continue the games.
4: He's clearly involved at a deeper level than just... Yeah you know pitching them um my first impression was there was a bunch of him but since it was the same guy maybe that's just to bring the full the the story you know full circle but yeah he's got to have a bigger role right he's also a, who's he's like a good looking guy he's a very good
1: i think he's the best looking guy okay wait i have to give you the last the last fan theory which is so ridiculous that Ji- g <laughs> hoon's red hair <laughs> at the end of the drama is hinting that he'll go in as a guard
4: well there's gotta be some kind of symbolism. Oh. Other than that, I mean I'm a fan of the red hair. I thought it was just like, okay, he's back, he's vibrant, red, really bright, he's a different guy now. If you go from winning to a to guard, guard no.
1: Oh, here's <laughs> another one. The VIPs are past winners of the game. No. There's
4: no fucking There's way no to that fat fuck one. No. There's no only there's only Koreans in within, right? Right. There's only South That's wrong. there's the one girl from North Korea. But yeah. there's no there's no fucking americans in there are people from other
1: countries no i we don't no, bad, no. Bad, i didn't say bad, bad no, no but ali was from india but he was in yeah, korea but he was living in korea. yeah i don't know i love that i actually love every one of them but the fact from pakistan by the way
4: he oh he's from, from, from pakistan. pakistan
1: is it one of those shows that you feel like you can recommend to anybody
4: i've recommended it and um i've gotten mixed reviews on the recommendation i've also everyone's heard of it You know. yeah you well now it's Twitch a little bit
1: easier one. for me i would just say you know Watch episode one, and if you like what you see in episode one, then finish. But if you don't like episode one, then you probably shouldn't go on. Fair?
4: Yeah, because I think you get a little bit of everything in episode one, which is what I like, that they they give it to you all straight up. So there's Mm -hmm. no, you know, it's not like (laughs) episode four, you're waiting. And it's one of those shows where someone's like, just wait. And it's like, no, I don't want to wait. So you, you figure out early if you like it or not. There's nothing that really surprises you after you already have that initial shock
1: i think if you if you like what that initial shock does to you which obviously we did <laughs> then you're
4: gonna like it <laughs> yeah
1: all right thank you for joining us all the way from mexico city matt
4: thank you for having me gracias <laughs> por what i'd like to say is if any of my english hasn't made sense it's because i'm speaking a lot of spanish and so please have you
1: you spanish actually city. don't realize this but you spoke spanglish most of the time <laughs>
4: I wouldn't be surprised. It was the it was the second glass of wine that I had during this
1: of the sangria.
4: Thank you for having me. There is nothing like a dame,
2: nothing in the world. There is nothing you can name that is anything like a dame.